I'll take it. If I can be any guy, I'll be the calling guy. I'll take that. Now, the truth is, Darcy was meant to speak tonight, but she wasn't feeling well, and I was meant to be speaking next week, so we just did the old switcheroo, all right? So if you're feeling sorely disappointed right now, I promise you she will be back next week, all right? Rest assured, everything's going to be okay. You know what I love most about that Christmas box video? is I was sitting next to Hayley Barrett on Tuesday morning before she filmed it, and she said, there's no way I'm wearing a silly hat. She's like, I am not wearing a Christmas hat. Like, this is the end of that. I said, okay, whatever, sure, we moved on. And then when I saw the video, I was loving it. She got the silly hat. That was awesome. Hey, also on Friday night, I came and hung out with a bunch of young people here for Big Night Out. Uh, it was insane, and uh, I just want to honour and thank the incredible team here at Botany that hosted that. Obviously, youth teams from across all of our campuses worked hard to get everyone here, but especially Nathan and Zach and Joanne and Jeremy and the rest of the intern team did a phenomenal job. Over 400 people here, half of those responding to Jesus in one way or another for different things, and the place was electric. I felt like a dad taking photos of my kids. I was on the seat, but I didn't have the same balance as I used to, and I was all stumbling around taking photos, like, look at them go, like... I was so proud of them. Can we honour the youth team here that do such an amazing job? I tell you what, if there's anything that keeps you staying young, it's youth ministry. So if you haven't signed up yet, go through Growth Track and we'll sort it out for you. Amen. We'll start you in Voltage. That'll get you going. All right. Well, I got a message for you tonight um, and it's called The Engine Room. Everyone say The Engine Room. Has anyone ever asked you a question that hit a sore spot? Like, has anyone ever said something that produced a fire in your belly? A friend asked me about two years after I became a Christian, so that was maybe eight years ago or something like that, um, one of my friends, because uh, all my friends were non-Christians at that time, I became a Christian, it was a bit awkward, whatever, and anyway, one of them was like, so you're a Christian, but are you going to be one of those hard-out Christians? And I was like, does the Pope wear a funny hat? I was like, are you going to be one of those breathing humans? Like, to be honest, as he asked that question, it took me back. I was like, what do, you, what do you mean? I was like, the only way to be a Christian is to be a hard out Christian. Like, my faith and my passion for God and His house isn't a fashionable scarf that I wear on a cold day. It isn't a jacket that I wear around certain people. But the truth is, God made a way for humanity to be redeemed and restored back into relationship with God for the fullness of life. So if I'm a Christian, then yes, you could say that I'm one of those hard out Christians. I just don't know if there's any other way to be. From the moment that I gave my life to God at Encounter Camp 2009, there was something that just captured me. There was something that took a hold of me. It was like from the moment that God gave me brand new life, I was overcome and overwhelmed by passion to serve my life for God and to dedicate my life to His house. Have you ever found that you've been racked up by a question that someone's asked you? Has someone ever said anything that's called smoke to come out of your ears? Maybe like someone just causes you to like get red eyes or I don't know, like you just get really rocked up. Maybe something that grinds your gears. Maybe on a positive note, someone said something and it's made your heart skip a beat with excitement. Maybe your, your mind is racing faster than your mouth is able to articulate. You know, maybe you call that enthusiasm. Maybe you call it drive. I like to call it passion. Or as the Bible talks about it, talks about it as zeal. See, it's hard to describe, but it's like this burning fire within you that takes a hold of you, and it's more than a phase, it's more than a season, it's more than an interest, but there's this passion that begins to overwhelm you, and it locks eyes with the value in something. See, some people are so deeply passionate about eradicating child abuse, and that's awesome that they would do that. Some people are deeply passionate about equality between men and women. 
Some people are overwhelmed by zeal at preserving our planet for future generations, while others are deeply moved to help those that are brokenhearted. Maybe you know what it is that you're passionate about, and maybe you don't, but one thing is for sure, that every single person in this room is called to be moved by passion, to be driven by passion. It is human to be passionate. See, passion is not a personality thing. It's a faith thing. Passion is not just for the extroverts, it's not just for the young people, and it's not just for the leaders, but passion is for anyone who's been called of God to believe for and go after something in their life. And and I don't know if you've been told this before, but that's you. Every person in this life has a call on their life by the God who made them. See, passion says, I have the faith to believe that things can get better, that things can improve, that victory can be won, and that justice can be served. Passion says, I've got this burning desire to see the result, to see the picture, to see the outcome that God has placed on my heart. But it's important to know that it's not what we want, it's what God wants. So often we go to God and we ask Him for things and we don't receive and we're like, why, why, why? Because it's self-serving. But God wants to give us a passion that would drive us towards going after what He has for us, but it must be to serve what He wants to do. That's why it says in James chapter 4, verse 3, it says this, you ask, but you do not receive because you ask wrongly. We don't really hear that part of the Scripture. We say, ask God for anything you like and it will be given to you. But He says, there's a way that you could ask wrongly. It says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And God is asking us, you know that verse in Psalm 37 verse four, it says, take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. We just skip the first bit, give me the desires of my heart. But he wants us to align our heart with his heart. When, when his passions become our passions, then he'll give us the desires of our heart. You know, in John chapter two, Jesus is in Jerusalem and he's walking through the temple and he gets a bit rocked up. Something gets him a bit passionate. He's looking around and he sees some tables over there and they're selling, selling like cattle and sheep and doves. And that table over there is exchanging like foreign currency from different nations and everybody's in it for themselves. They've turned the house of God into a marketplace and Jesus gets really riled up and he loses the plot. Bible says that he just, just quickly, just grabs some ropes and makes a whip. Like how does a brother do that? I feel like that would take me two hours and the moment would be lost and the market would be over and I would have missed out on the butter chicken. But Jesus just sees this. He's like, this is not okay. So he grabs some rope and he, he makes a whip and he, he chases everyone out of, of the temple courts and he clears the animals as he goes. He scatters the coins and he flips the tables. Oh, how the tables have turned. <laughs> he approaches those that are selling doves. Dove hand soap, dove moisturizer, all the good stuff. <laughs> not my favorite brand, but not hating. And he says, what is this? Like, what's going on here? He says, you need to get this out of here. As Darcy's dad would say, he'd go, get on out of here. He truly says that. Like, for real, I get scared. He says, what's going on here? He says, you're turning my father's house into a marketplace, but this is meant to be a house of prayer. As this is going on, his disciples are watching and they realize and they remembered in this moment as they watched Jesus have a bit of a fit, they remember what's written down in Psalm 69 verse nine, that passion for his house would consume me. And as Jesus is doing this, the Jewish leaders, they yell out at Jesus, paraphrase, they're like, oi, if you think that God has given you authority to do this, then prove it with a miracle. Now, usually in these environments, Jesus is all like profound and peaceful. And he says something like, blessed are those who believe without seeing, brethren. But this time he's like, fine, you want a miracle? 
destroy this temple in three days and I'll raise it up. He says, destroy it and I'll raise it up in three days. And they're all confused. They're like, it can't happen. It took us 40 years to build this. And this joke is going on about destroying it and rebuilding it in three days. It's because they did not realise that he was talking about his own body. They didn't realise that he was talking about his own death and resurrection. I love this powerful moment. Of all the stories and illustrations and pictures that we see of Jesus, this is one of my favourites. You know why? Because I love to see passion in action. I love to see people get riled up, get, get that fire burning up in their belly, something that just moves them to action. I love to see that. See, Jesus wasn't against markets or trade. This was the everyday way of life for these people, but there was something about the way they were doing it, and there was a disregard for God's house. I imagine Jesus being there in the moment, be like, no, 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 no. You, you guys don't get this. this. This isn't right. This is not what it's meant to look like. Like something has to change. Something has to be different. This is not what it's supposed to look like. Like the vision and the picture that God has given me doesn't match up with what I'm seeing in this moment. You see, Jesus had a specific call to establish the church in a way that represented the heart of God and to raise up other leaders that would continue to build it. And because he knew he was called to do that, he became passionate about chasing after what God had called him to do. I can imagine the turmoil going on in Jesus' mind. Like, this isn't right. Like, what the, what's going on here? And there's doves everywhere. Like, there's a cow in the temple. Like, we've had a goat on the stage, but no cow just yet. And I imagine just being like, what the heck's going on? And thinking, man, something needs to change. Somebody needs to do something. And very quickly realizing that he was that somebody. You know, passion should be the driver in our life, but it, sorry, it shouldn't be the driver in our life, but it should be our engine. You know, when you're driving your car, it's the one in the driver's seat that determines the direction, the vision, the clarity on where you're going, but it's the engine that gives oomph to your journey. And the passion that God gives us is like a fire that He places within us. The Bible says when you receive the Holy Spirit, power will come upon you. It's this fire that drives you to go after what it is that God has called you to do. And so don't mistake passion for calling. See, I'm passionate about the All Blacks, but I tell you now, I'm not called to be in the All Blacks, although I may have been the difference they needed. If I had my boots, <laughs> and I was in Japan, and I was a good rugby player. Maybe I, that would, yeah. <laughs> I'm passionate about the worship team. Honestly, I love it. I think our moments of worship in the service are one of the most powerful moments we could ever have together. But I can stand here hand on heart and tell you, I ain't called to be in the worship team. <laughs> Amen. Hey, people watch American Idol and they see these people walk out, they strut their stuff, and they are so passionate about being a singer, but we can tell pretty quickly that they ain't gifted or called to be a singer. See, passion isn't confirmation of your calling, but it could be a very strong indicator. And we get this around the wrong way sometimes. We ask, well, what is it that I'm passionate about? Well, this, and so then we conclude, well, that must be what I'm called to do. Rather, we should ask, what is it that I'm called to do? What is it that God has placed a burden on my heart for? What is it that He's highlighted to me? And then I've got to determine to get as passionate as I can about that. Because passionate people are overcome by the notion that God can and that God will. See, it's all fine and dandy to say God can, God can, God can, but we have to believe as Christians and as passionate people that not only can He, but He will. And as a church, we need to be so consumed by passion for God's house that we metaphorically, metaphorically flip the tables and spray the coins around to have a clear picture like Jesus did of what God's house was meant to look like, about what His calling was meant to look like. He had a clear vision and He was willing to overcome the barriers and the things that got in the way of that. 
See, for us to have a clear picture of what God is calling us to, is to be part, calling us to be a part of and to overcome those challenges. See, if passion is a faith thing, if passion is that fire that God has placed within us to go after what he's called us to, then we can only be a mobilized church. We can only be the center of hope to reach, serve, and influence our community to the full extent that God would call us to if every person in this room would say, here I am, God, send me. Every person in this room would go, I've got gifts, I've got talents, there's a call on my life, and I'm gonna determine to get passionate about what it is that God has individually called me to do. See, some people go, ah, you know, I'm just not a passionate person. You need to stop believing that lie. That is not the truth. You are a passionate person because you are a person. It is human to be passionate. Passion isn't just for the extroverts. Passion isn't just about yelling loudly or being overbearing. It's not just about flipping tables. But when you have a God-given passion in your life, it comes with clarity, it comes with responsibility, and it comes with purpose. With our time together, I just wanna take a look at those three things. Clarity, responsibility, and purpose. My first thought around being passionate is that passion's calling is clarity. Passion's calling is clarity. Sorry you don't have notes tonight. It was impromptu. It happened. I think I got three and a half spirit papakura if you want one. <laughs> passionate people see things differently from, from the way that others do. Like passionate people see things clearer than other people do. You become passionate when you believe that something can be achieved even when you don't have the whole picture, when you're willing to take the very next step. See, I love talking to the tech team. Like, talk to these guys, these guys are legends, talk to our team out in Papakura, like, they're amazing. And often, like, I know for our team out in Papakura, I'll go to them and I'll be like, hey guys, like, I know, I get it, I'm dumb, I don't understand, but I want us to try and do this thing. I want us to try and achieve this. And they're like, so dedicated to it. They know that the solution can be achieved and they've got the passion and the desire to get out there and actually get the outcome. And they'll all be like, yeah, nah, mate, I get it, I get it. I think you just plug the... Uh, AV45 into the uh, auxiliary output of the DMX patch interface. And someone else is like, yeah, nah, true, and if there's distortion and interference, then just bypass the secondary channel algorithm with a multi-line jack lead and a Batman symbol. And I'm like, I totally agree. That's like another language to me. Like, because they see it differently than I see it. They, they see it clearly because they have been gifted to do it, whereas I don't understand that. What is it that you've been gifted to do? Because maybe God's given you the ability to see it clearer. And this is why it's so important that every person in this room takes time, if you haven't already, to go through Growth Track. It's a four-part course that is actually designed to help you discover your purpose. It helps you discover the spiritual gifts that God's given you. We go through a passion assessment so that you can stop just wandering around thinking, God's called me, sure, but I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do. We wanna help you discover that because when you do that, you realize that God has called you, but you need your engine room to be filled with passion if you're actually gonna go after what he's called you to do. The great tragedy is when people go, like, I wanna be passionate, like, I wanna make a difference and I know God's called me, but I just don't know where to aim the cannon. I just don't have vision and clarity in my life. And when you have clarity as an individual, and when we have clarity of vision as a church, the zeal and the passion that God gives you actually become focused and we can make progress together. It's like a whole bunch of oxen in a field. Such raw power, so much energy, so much potential. But as they walk around the field, they're just grazing on grass, not really achieving a whole lot. So much potential, but nothing being achieved. 
but you gather them together, you put a big wooden yoke on them, you give them direction, and all of a sudden, their potential was given focus. They've given direction, and now they're plowing the field and they're making a difference. See, this is what clarity of vision for your life looks like. You've always had the potential, you've always had the call on your life, but when you get clarity for your life, because you operate out of God's passion that He's given you, all of a sudden, you can see things a whole lot clearer. See, passion doesn't drive you to do everything. Passion drives you to do your thing. And what is your thing? Don't compare your gift to somebody else's. Every gift is valuable. Every gift is important. Every gift makes up the body of Christ, and we need everyone to make a difference and to reach people and for you to flourish. See, passion makes the outcome clearer than it, to you than it does to others. You see the picture clearer, you feel the need deeper, and you carry more urgency than other people do. See, what is it, if you could change anything in this whole world, what is it that you would change? What is it that seems to you to be more valuable than anything else? Is there something that you care deeply about and you get really annoyed at other people because they don't value it as much as you think they should? Maybe that's God giving you clarity for your life. You know, maybe you feel deeply for those who are lonely. Start a small group and begin to train others how you can get alongside people and help them develop genuine friendship. Maybe you've got this crazy idea that, that seems crazy to others, but it's clear to you. Like how I can connect older people with younger people in a mentor relationship that set younger people up for their future. So someone else, they might go, that sounds confusing. I don't even know where to begin with that. But maybe to you, that is so clear. Maybe God has given you clarity of vision for something like that. There's this young adult out in Papakura, her name's Yujin. She's an incredible young adult Korean girl. And she's amazing at reading the word of God and drawing out the heart of God. And so she's passionate about it. She's called to do it. And so what she did is she just started a small group after church on a Sunday. She came out with a, a specific plan for the whole term. Each week, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. I was like, it's so clear. It's filled with vision. She was passionate, she was called. And now she's training about a whole bunch of other people to do the same thing. I love that. That's what it looks like. Not waiting around to be told, not even as Kiwis waiting around to be asked, but just going, God has called me. I'm gonna put my hand up. I'm gonna go through the right avenues. I'm not just gonna go off and start my own random thing go through the right avenues, but actually use the passion to drive you to do what it is that God has called you to do. See, as a church, we're headed in one direction, world domination. <laughs> Joking, eh? Maybe. That, that is a joke. Um, we want every person to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference every person. And we have a pathway for you to do that. Come on Sundays, join a small group, go through Growth Track and join the Dream Team. And when you do that, no, that's not the silver bullet that solves all your problems, but you'll know God better. Your relationships will be healthier and your life will be used by God to make a difference in your community. Passion's calling is clarity. Second thing, passion's responsibility is response. Passion is like a fire that needs to be fed. And for you and I, we can identify our passion, but like any fire, if it's not given fuel, it will go out. So we actually have to take action and do something about fueling the fire that we have. Paul is speaking to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, and he says this to him. He says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power of love and a sound mind. Did you catch that? You can have a spiritual gift in your life that lays dormant. He's talking to Timothy and paraphrased, he's like, oi, you've got the gift, 
You received it from God last time when I came and I laid hands on you. You've got the gift, but you need to fan it into flame. If you keep reading, again, paraphrase, he's essentially saying to Timothy, you need to use the passion that God's given you to share the gospel, to activate and ignite the gift that God has given you. So you may be gifted, you may be called, but it requires our action. Passion is not just about feeling and wanting, it's about doing. Are you approaching your calling and your gifting with fear and timidity or with power, love, and a sound mind? See, our passion should follow our gifting and our calling, not the other way around. Like Jesus, he had a passion to see something happen and he was moved to take action in order to see improvement. You know, one of the things I love most about passionate people is that they're out the gate. Like any opportunity, they just start running and then they get five steps back and they go, where am I going? They just go for it. There's so much energy and and you might argue that that's unwise, but I love it. I think it's awesome. I love that about passionate people because passion is a faith thing. To be passionate doesn't mean you need the whole plan. And you know what we do? We make this mistake of thinking that we need to be fully equipped before we begin. But in Judges chapter six, Gideon's having a big whinge and a moan to God. I'm not the guy, I can't do it. And God's like, he's like, just go in the strength that you have. Stop thinking about what you don't have. Stop wishing for more. Stop comparing your gift to somebody else's gift. Stop wishing you were in a different situation. Just go in the strength that you have. And God says to him, I am sending you. That's what I love about our story, our church planning story in Papakura. It's been a really special one. We went out there with huge vision, with huge passion, with clarity on where we were headed, but it didn't just stay in here and here. It didn't just stay as a good conversation and a hopeful thought, but it was converted into action. We had people working tirelessly to carry things up four flights of stairs. Like our lift is about the size of this pulpit and like you can get like two people into it. And so the stairs were the only way, but people didn't let that stop them. They carried things to the fourth level of a building. Small groups coming in to help paint. Others using their gift. They're like, I can't paint, but I can cook. Amen. So they brought food in and sustenance to help those that were renovating. Many people walking the streets, handing out thousands of flyers. People taking ownership and inviting their friends and family to become part of the wider church family. Now, did we know how we were gonna do everything along the way? Nope. Do we yet know how we're gonna do everything and face the challenges that are gonna come our way? Nope. But we know that God has called us. And we know that what God calls us to do, He equips us to do. Passionate people don't just dream, but they take action. They look around and they say, something needs to be done. Someone needs to do something, and I'm that someone. Passionate people say, I'm gonna take the next step and I'm gonna figure out the rest along the way. See, if you have a passion that aligns with your gifts, then you need to take that on as a responsibility to make a difference in that area. That mixing of your passions and your gifts is unique to you. And it doesn't mean you're the only one that has it. It just means it's likely that the person on your left and your right doesn't. And God's calling you to do something specific. So when you have that, see that as a confirmation from God that that's your area to make a difference in. And so it's time to take action. Join a small group or start the small group you've been dreaming of. You know, I hear people like, why isn't there a small group for this? I've been looking for it. I'm like, maybe it's in here. Maybe because God's waiting for a leader to step up and then guess what? There would be a small group just like that. Maybe you need to bring your family together and have that conversation that you know needs to be had in order to achieve unity because things are just drifting and it's getting abrasive and you know it's the conversation that needs to happen. 20 seconds of courage, build it up, go for it. Why don't you grab a stack of invite cards on your way out? Maybe you've been believing for that coworker. You've been praying for that person in your class. 
Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's just someone that you work with. Grab a stack, give them one, not the whole stack. That's weird. (laughs) But actually take some action. So you can have passion to see this house filled with people glorifying God all you like, but passion should stir us onto response. See, Jesus didn't just want God's house to be a house of prayer. He didn't just walk in and go, oh no, this sucks. This is not the picture that I see. God, do something. He didn't do that. He said, something needs to be done and I'm that person. And his passion drove him to take action. Passion's calling is clarity. Passion's purpose is perseverance. No, what? Passion's responsibility is response and passion's purpose is perseverance. Gave you a sneak peek there. <laughs> Final part, passion's purpose is perseverance. If you're like me, um, and you, w- you will all be like me in this respect, um, there's been times when you've put a lot of energy and effort into something only to find yourself really disappointed. I remember in year 12, I was like kind of like the man at PE. Like I get like the good marks and get the awards at the end of the year. And there's this one assignment. I was like, I'm gonna get the best grade that the school has ever seen. I'm gonna forego all of my other assignments. I will fail them all and that's okay. My teacher will be blown away at how good this is. I spent hours. People handed in assignments with this thick. Mine, three times as thick. And I know that's, it's not about that, but it... I went hard out. I gave it everything that I had. And when I got it back and got a mirror, I was like, I'm never trying ever again. I was like, if my very best can't achieve an excellence plus, 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 you're gonna make up an award for me. That didn't happen and I was so disappointed. Anyone here who has ever played golf knows exactly what I mean. You just get to the point, you're like, I think I've got the hang of this. And then the next ball is in the drink. You're laughing because that was you, bro, all the time. I'm really glad that Adrian's a brilliant pastor because he's a lousy golfer. (laughs) I'm joking. I've got the microphone, I can say, let's go. No, it's on the golf course, bro. It's like Happy Gilmore. They want to fight, but they say keep it on the golf course. Anyway, um, you've put energy into something and you found yourself disappointed, discouraged, and we all face disappointment. But when you're passionate about something, your passion drives you to keep on going when it all feels like too much. It reminds you what you were called to do and allows you simply just to take the next step that's right in front of you. It's like you might have a fire inside and it it might feel like the flames have gone down, but there's always these embers that sort of never go out. Passion is the engine that motivates us to go after what God has for us, even when it all feels too hard. See, when you feel yourself feeling discouraged and doubt starts to creep in, this is the moment when it's important to remain focused on the what and the why rather than the how and the when. See, when you feel like the wind's been knocked out of your sails, you may have to reevaluate the how and the when, but the what and the why remain constant. When we were first looking for a venue um, to launch the Papakura campus um, last year sometime, we were driving around the area, and honestly, there was like nothing good. There were like little school halls, and I'm not against anyone starting in a school hall, but to be honest, I just knew that if we started in a school hall, it wouldn't be long before we outgrew it and we'd have another problem, so we needed something better. And we came across this place called the Hawkins Theatre. And the Hawkins Theatre, like when we went into it, I was like, this is just perfect. Like 266 seats. We would have outgrown it already and had a problem. I'm so glad that God sees more than we see. And it was, honestly, it was like, this is the best thing in Papakura. And you know what? God has called us to this. I know that God's gonna build his church. He's a God that makes a way where there is no other ways. He will give us the Hawkins Theatre. Well, the people at the Hawkins Theatre had other ideas and gave us a resounding no. I remember being like, no, 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 that's the wrong answer, try again. (laughs) I remember being like, don't you get in the way of what God wants to do. 
I was like, I will, I will come in there and I will flip your tables. I was like, this shall be a house of prayer. And despite my efforts to move the hand of God, we did not get the Hawkins Theatre. And we were discouraged and we were disappointed, but we knew what God had called us to do. And we had the passion in that moment to go, it's okay, God's in control, take another step. Keep looking, keep searching, keep believing, keep trusting. And it wasn't long after that that we secured the space that we have now, which is undeniably better. Again, I am so thankful that we serve a God that sees further than what we see. See, the passion that God has given us, matched with the call He had placed on us, allowed us to persevere even when it got tough. And when you find yourself going after what God has called you to, I don't want you to be surprised. You will face disappointment. You will face discouragement. And that's okay. Because passion captures our heart and allows us to believe that all things are possible with God. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, So let us not get tired of doing what is good. Don't get tired. Keep going. Keep persevering. God's in control. Don't get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. His time, not our time. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give up. God has gifted you. He's called you and he's given you passion to fill your engine room so that you can make a huge difference. Keep going. Take the next step that's right in front of you. You know, there's this really interesting story, I'm almost done, about a lady named Florence Chadwick. And Florence was the first lady to swing, swim, you can't swing it, to swim the English Channel in both directions. And on the 4th of July, 1951, she attempted another swim, not the English Channel, but a different one. Um, it was going between the Catalina Island, Catalina Island to the California coast, 42 kilometers. And as I read the story, you know what it had the audacity to say? It said, it's not that the distance was the challenge. I'm like, I don't even wanna drive 42 kilometers. This lady's gonna swim it. Apparently it wasn't the distance that was the challenge, it was the bone-chilling waters of the Pacific. So she turns up on that day to swim 42 kilometers, just as you do, and on that day, there's a huge fog across all of the water. And she jumps into the water and she's swimming and she's swimming and she's swimming, but she can't see the land. She can't see her target, but she just keeps on going. The water's freezing after 15 hours in the water. She decides to give up. One kilometer from the end that she couldn't see. She's like, I've had enough, it's too cold. Hate this, pull me out. They pull her out, they put her into the boat. And then when reflecting with a reporter, on that event later on, she's like, look, I'm not trying to excuse myself, I'm not making excuses, but I'm just trying to say, if I could have seen the land, I would have made it. So she kept training, she persevered, she kept going, she knew what she was called to do. She didn't give up. And so later, later on, she came back and she attempted it again, and would you know it, on the same day that she went again, fog and mist covered everything. So she set out once again. And she was swimming along and she said, the fog was there and I still couldn't see the end, but I could see the end. She, she knew what the target looked like. She believed that the land was there. And not only did she make it that day, but she broke the men's record by over two hours, which is incredible. You know, sometimes the greatest victory is not that you reached your target today, but that you simply took a step in the right direction. Challenge is not evidence that you haven't been called. Challenge is that moment where you realize this is the moment where the passion I have for the calling that I've been given has to carry me through. 
when it doesn't always make sense and people are saying no and people are saying I can't do it and I'm feeling doubtful, this is when the passion that God has given me has to drive me through those tough moments. You know, triumph is just oomph added to try. Charles Spurgeon said, it is by perseverance that the snail made it to the ark. I love that. I never imagined that the snail would be on the ark. If it was me, I would have jumped on a hippo. The first Uber. That would have been smart. I'm smarter than the snail. You know, I believe, and there's no real words to describe it, but the last 34 years that we've had as a church have been phenomenal. Thousands and thousands of people's lives changed. I'm one of those. And I know it's been incredible, but I believe with all of my heart that our greatest days lay ahead. I know that it was just last night that Stephen Beck and Rocky and Judah left on their sabbatical when they'll be over in the UK and doing a whole bunch of stuff as a family, which would be so good for them, so well-deserved. And we honour Pastor Luke and Marilyn for what they've built, but I know that our greatest days are ahead. And I know that when they come back and they step into that new role, they're gonna need us to support them even more than we ever have before. But actually what Pastor Stephen Beck's need out of us as they step into this brand new role and go after a fresh new vision is they need doers. They need people that carry passion. They need people that understand that this isn't just something that we come to watch, but we're actually a part of, that this is my church and that I'm called to build it. See, when we're a passionate people, we see things with clarity. When we're a passionate people, we're willing to take action. And we're in a, we're in a passionate people, we're willing to persevere. We hold God to His promises and we overcome the challenges along the way. I'm gonna pray right now. I'm gonna pray for people that want like an injection of passion. You want God to breathe on your dreams, breathe on your gifts and give you fresh life to what it is that you know He's calling you to. I wanna invite everyone just to close their eyes. I'm gonna pray in just a moment and I'm praying for everyone. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand or anything like that, but I just want you to reflect before God right now in this moment. Maybe as I've been speaking, God's been highlighting a dream that maybe you've put to sleep, you've put to rest. Maybe there's a calling on your life and you've just wondered how it was ever gonna happen. Maybe you're feeling flat. I'm gonna pray in just a moment that God will give you great clarity for your life. He would give you the faith that you need to take action and He would allow you to persevere even when it gets tough. If that's you, just agree with this prayer. Reflect before God and make this your prayer. God, I just pray for every person in this place, called, gifted, and a purpose on their life. Not a mistake, not a number, but individual and called. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, whatever it is that you've called each and every individual to do, God, would you breathe fire upon it right now? Holy Spirit, would you fill them from head to toe? Give them fresh vision and clarity. God, that they would see things clearer in this particular area than others would. I pray, God, that you would give us the courage and the boldness that we need to take action. That to be a passionate people, God, we don't just think and we don't just dream, but we step out. We don't see the whole staircase, but God, give them the faith and the courage to take the step that's right in front of them. And God, help us to persevere. It will get tough, challenge will come, but we believe that if God is for us, who can be against us? So God, ignite and initiate and activate every gift that is in every person, I pray in Jesus' Name. With every eye still closed and head bowed, I'm gonna pray one final prayer. Maybe you're here in this place, and if you're to be honest, you don't know Jesus. Can I tell you, friends, that God created you to do amazing things, but never let the things you do get in the way of the relationship that He died for. He's so much more invested in a relationship with you than anything else. 
And I've got a very important question for you today. If you're to be honest between you and God, if I was to say, do you know Jesus? Would you say yes or would you say no? I'm not asking if you're a church person. I'm not asking if you know about Jesus or you've heard His name before. I'm asking, do you have a personal relationship that brings life to your bones, that brings purpose to every step, that brings peace to your heart? If you would say no to that, then the great news is you're only one prayer away from beginning that journey. It doesn't even have to be the first time that you've prayed this prayer. God is reaching out to you right now and He's saying, would you come home? Not a better version of you, but the version of you that sits in that seat right now today. I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a moment. If you are in that position, you wanna start a brand new journey with Jesus, or you simply wanna say, look, I wanna get my life right with God and begin again today. Then as I pray out loud, I invite you just to pray this in your heart, but make it your own prayer. Don't go through motions. Mean this with everything that you've got. Say, dear God, I acknowledge that I've messed up. I've chosen my own way. I've elevated my own ideas above your ideas and this sin has separated me from you. But Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you rose again three days later to give me brand new life. God, I don't understand it all. But in this moment, I choose to trust you with everything that I've got. I believe that you're a good God and that you have good things for me. Today, in this moment, right now, would you make me brand new? Would you free me of any bondage that I've faced and give me freedom and clarity and vision for my life? I ask you to come into my life and make me brand new. I invite you in as my Lord and as my Saviour. I declare on this day that you are my God. With every eye still closed, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, you wanna get your life right with God today. If you've already prayed that prayer, then your life has already been transformed. But I want you to do something nice and brave. Just one more final thing. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I won't stand you up. I won't make you come to the front. We won't do anything like that. But I do want you to be nice and brave. In a moment, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand. The moment you've lifted your hand, I'll see it. You can put it straight back down. This is you just saying, I, I prayed that prayer and I meant it. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want you to lift your hand in three, two, one, go right now. Awesome, 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 awesome. Awesome, 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 yes. Anyone else? Yes. Over here on my left, amazing. Is there anyone else? You prayed that prayer and you meant it. Okay, you can put your hands down. One final moment. If there was anyone else, I want you to lift your hands right now. Go, 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 go. Don't delay. Amazing. I'm gonna pray a prayer. And as I finish this prayer, church, we're all gonna celebrate together. God, I thank you that you were 100% for us and that you changed lives. I pray for every hand that was lifted. It's a transformed life and it's a heart turned towards you. I pray, God, that this would be the start of a brand new journey. Bring the right people around them and give them vision and clarity and show them your love right now in this moment, we pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate all those people. That's incredible.